Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. With me for the second time, Alex Stranger. This is Highway Diary episode 395. How are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, you're, you know, we've done a lot of gigs together. You're my road dog. I um, know. I think we got so close over the Rebels for a Cause thing, too. We had to, we got kicked out of our hotel. We had to share a bed together. We shared a bed. I know, well, it's part of the ritual. <laughs> Oh, now you are a compromise. Um, so, so you and Alex Stein are disciples of a technique of cultural change called culture jamming. Can you explain what culture jamming is? Well, I think that the best way to uh, fight tyranny is through comedy. And what you're dealing with, especially through COVID, it's really come to light in a very obvious manner. You got a group of um, you got a group of globalists who go to Davos every year, who are literally trying to create a new world order. In which you have, uh, which they own everything, and you own nothing. You know the the person that you work for, Klaus Schwab Jr. He explains it very well. Um, well, work is a. I'm his intern. That's he. Uh, he makes sure that I do more work for him. But go on. <laughs> but but anyway, um, you can't reason with people like this because when people when people with unlimited amounts of um, money and funding want to want to do something, they're going to do it regardless of how intelligently you sound in opposing it. Mm-hmm. And because you know they have almost unilateral control over over the media and the narrative, and they also have you know because they have unlimited money, they could get to pay activist groups to manufacture consent. It's very hard to use logic and reason to convince people so to, that, to to mm-hmm. to not go along with this. So I, I've found that the best way to stop this and fight this is to just embody who these people are. Because sometimes it's like shock therapy, right? And it, and it wakes people up to like um, what this new world order agenda is about. And when you imitate it and, and when you show what this is and when you personify it, people look at this and they say, I don't want to consent to that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to give my five-year-old kid puberty blockers. Like, you know, I don't think you should go to prison for not getting – for not being up to date on your COVID shots. I don't want to use a central bank digital currency tied to a social credit score. You know, I don't want to not – I don't want to eat bugs and live in a pod. You know, and, and then when you just go out there and, and embody who these people are, it makes it that much harder, I think, for this type of agenda to fulfill itself. Yeah, when I realized, I didn't know what Antifa was, <clears throat> like, maybe two years ago, that, that they're paid <coughs> chaos agents, like, they're paid chaos agents, like CIA, uh, well, and then of. with NPCs mixed into the group, you know? Like kind the, of, kind of. And it's, then, it's very complicated, actually. Yeah, and then uh, Black Lives Matter is the same thing. They amplify this chaos, and then during their looting and rioting, the police are told to stand down. Well, y- y- yes. So I think with, when it comes to this stuff, um, they are paid, right? But the way they're paid is a little bit more subtle, Right. And it's that it's a lot of a lot of uh, the people that show up to these BLM protests, right? Um, and, and these types of riots and whatnot, and the protect trans kids protests. It's it's literally it's, a lot of it is really the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, these people, a lot of them are very connected to nonprofits and you know political canvassing unions, mm. and you know they're just getting paid. They're getting paid like fifteen bucks an hour to just kind of canvass and to have these like chill jobs where they just get to um, help progressive candidates get um, elected to public office and you know they get to um, network with people who are in these offices and then they get appointed to commissions and boards that help shape policy and there's a lot of really boring stuff about that but people like George Soros and you know people like like these cast of characters who go to Davos they're the ones who um, 
they're, they're going to be the ones who provide a lot of the funding to those groups, which allow them to pay their employees $15 an hour to kind of not do much of anything. Mm, mm. If, that make, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a trickle down. But they're thumbing the scale of the culture war, and then culture jamming is putting a wrench in the gear of that plan. Yes, well, just showing who they are. You know, you're just like, okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you. I can't argue with you. There's no, you can't argue with a monolith of people. Um, especially, you know, a lot of people that they hire to do these things, they don't hire stupid people to run these nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who run these nonprofits are actually very intelligent. Like, if you were to go in and have a debate with, a debate with like Jacob Aronowitz or like Ramtin Farasid, and, and Jacob Aronowitz, he was, um, Jimmy Flanagan, he, he was a, the, the former District 6 City Council member. He was the field director around team for us. was Greg Kassar's field director. Um, they were, like, field leaders for this group called, like, the Union, United, um, United Pacific Organizers um, campaign group, right? A uh, canvassing group. If you were to go in there and have a debate about what was going on, they would come through so well-researched and so well-prepared that... You know, um, they could potentially, like, the average, like, conservative American, like, they could eviscerate those types of people in a debate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, these are not stupid people. Like, they're, they're very calm. They're very, like, well-researched. They're, these are very intelligent people, right? And they're very academic. And a big reason why these people are very academic is because, you know, they're, they're groomed through the school system to, you know, to be like that. But a lot of them also come from very good families and come from some money where they had the luxury of being able to do it in a sort of mental gymnastics and, and cite a bunch of obscure papers to, you know, justify an argument and make regular people who are seeing the effects of their policies look stupid. So the pa- so their so competency is inequality, but what you're saying is competency affords them the ability to gaslight their shit policies. Yes. Yes, and you could see it too through, um, did you see the Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis debate? No. Okay, I watched the debate. Yeah. And I watched Gavin Newsom talk to Sean Hannity. Uh Uh-huh. And Gavin Newsom is actually like a really good speaker. Uh Uh-huh. And a really good debater. Uh Uh-huh. And when he debated Sean Hannity and talked to Sean Hannity, he almost won that debate against Sean Hannity because of how much of a better speaker Uh and how and how much of a better debater he was and how he was able to cherry-pick statistics mm-hmm. and, and do so in a really convincing well, way. Well, optically... A, a well, obviously, could... they have human shit maps in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the homeless problem during his reign of California spiked so yes, hard. Yes, and the lockdowns were totally draconian and, and destroyed yeah. regular people. Okay? destroyed. So, so you have that, right? And then all of a sudden, you had DeSantis go on stage against Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. And Ron DeSantis obliterated... Gavin Newsom, even though it's very, it's very clear to anybody with half a brain that Gavin Newsom is an infinitely better speaker and an infinitely better debater than Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that Ron DeSantis won that debate is because he just showed his record. All he did was just show the facts in a very basic manner. He just pointed out the poop map. He showed the poop map. <laughs> right, right. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. He, a- he talked about how, like, we're not banning books. That isn't true. But you're having books in middle school classrooms that, encourage, that teach people how to give blowjobs. You know, why is that in the, you know, why is that in the school curriculum? Like, this is what we're talking about. He was very clear and upfront about what was, what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, Gavin Newsom's debating skills were so good mm-hmm. um, that if anybody else 
like the only reason he lost that debate as badly as he did to DeSantis is because DeSantis has a track record of doing the complete opposite of Newsom, mm-hmm. and the results speak for themselves. Right. But if like someone like Gavin Newsom were to be debating Donald Trump on a debate stage, mm-hmm. dude, Trump is going to get wrecked. He's going to get annihilated by Gavin Newsom. You think so? Even yes, with his, uh, yes. <clears throat> I don't know. I just. I hate him. I hate so, him like, too, but I'm just I'm telling you that that's why it's so scary to have. But, that's why it's so scary to have a guy like that as, as a front runner. And a lot of the people who run these nonprofits and and um, run like kind of run and organize these Antifa groups, mm-hmm. they have the same type of speaking ability and the same type of like charisma and the same ability to like twist facts and doctor statistics and gaslight their narrative as Gavin Newsom. But you don't think that Trump would do something that Ron DeSantis do? Like point like Ron DeSantis. Governor of Florida, he, um, there's a lot of old people in Florida, you know, and are you going to say that they don't poop the streets because of diapers or that he's like more confident? So like, I think Trump could, could do the same thing and like, look at how America is doing under his reign versus, you know, how California is. Do you want yeah. California's like yeah. economic decline to be the whole of America? Yeah. But then again, but then Newsom will say, well, you added $7 trillion to the deficit. You turned the country over to Dr. Fauci. Um... That there's, you know, you didn't pardon Snowden or Assange. You pardon Kodak Black mm. instead. Um, they'll point out January 6th and this, you know, like there's a right. lot that you could just very easily. <clears throat> Who knows? Yeah. Trump is, I, I have no idea what's going to go on with the 2024 election, but I, I want to know, um, it, are there ever like problems where like things get, you like run into censorship, uh, culture jamming? Like you ever... I mean, you get thrown out of places. Well, the city of Austin doesn't want me to speak at their meetings anymore. Oh, you got you got kibosh? no. I, I I don't know if I did yet, right? But it's like unofficial, right? When I I went and gave a speech and talked about how I, I got raped by Russell Brand when the whole Russell Brand thing was going on. I mm-hmm. dressed up as a female and I said I was raped by Russell Brand twenty years ago. And my allegations are just as credible as every other woman that's accused him. Mm. You know, and and the reason we you know I accuse, the reason I spoke out is because he's saying all these bad things about Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and the people at the World Economic Forum that we have to silence him. Right. And they got really mad, and they had a whole speech on record on the public access TV, which I have saved. They don't want me to speak anymore. And then, like, a, a couple weeks later, I signed up to speak about, like, a budget item and said that we should give that item to Hamas. And they kicked me out mid-speech. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's literal fascism. But anyway, um, you know, in between those two things, I, I, was, I was talking with a lawyer about my uh, filing a case with, for, for First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, you know, we, we, I've been going to these meetings just, just to see if, if, these, if they really are going to stop me from speaking. Because, you know, the, the most important thing, right, is that I want to speak. Right? Right, I just right. want to be able to speak at these meetings. I don't want to have my voice um, silenced um, by, by, these, by these bureaucrats because I'm, a, I'm the only one that's effectively calling them out in a way that could actually change things. Right. Yeah. Which is why they're doing this. And- Alexander Strander. Good afternoon. Jen Rice basically um, tweeted something out about Rosen because uh, the, the police, the Houston Police Union basically shared a picture of Alex Rosen with a, a, a police union hat. Uh-huh. And you know who Alex Rosen is, right? No. You don't know who Alex Rosen is? No. He goes around the country catching pedophiles and putting them in prison. And he has 200,000 followers on Instagram. Um, Shane Cashman from Tim Cash wrote a big article about him. He was actually, uh, he's actually going to appear on Culture War with Tim Cash. His episode's about to get broadcast in any day now. Okay. 
Um, so he's doing like catch a predator stuff. Yeah, but he's really good at it. I've okay. been a couple catches with him. He's like, did you get caught? <sighs> well, that's what, what, what side of the table were you on? <laughs> I accompanied him to catch another to catch a couple of. Oh, because you, you've had MMA fights and you're like security. Well, no, it's I had one MMA fight. Uh, I went defeated, but no, I wasn't coming as security for the guy that's four times my size. Oh, okay. Alex Rose was six foot four and like three hundred pounds. Oh, okay, so he doesn't need your help. I don't think he does. Uh that's got to be a tense situation. It is, but he's also very calm and very good about how he talks to them. Like he, uh-huh. he won't yell, he won't harass them. He'll just be like, "Look, we got to talk about this." And they'll almost pretend to be their friend, and then mm. they'll just admit everything. Mm. And so, you know, when I've done these with him, I've just I would just go um, <clears throat> and just have a normal conversation. I'm just like, "Well, look." You know, we all have problems, like, an example, I'm like, look, man, we all have problems, we all have things that, that, that we're addicted to, you know, this is, it's the worst day of your life, but, you know, we want this to be the best, we want this to be, like, a learning experience so that you don't do this again, and we, we just want to do what's best, not only for you, but for everybody in the community, you know, um, and, and you know, I, I know that, like, you know, you would never want to be, like, you know, and, and look, you know, you're talking to Emily, she was 12 years old, you know, it's not like you would ever want to talk to an, it's not like you'd ever want to, like, molest an infant, right? Uh, yeah, so you know, you, you, you ask them like, leading questions yeah. to see. I know you wouldn't do anything like that to to an infant, and you know, look, we all have urges. Like, you know, I, I'm I I can't stop looking at Mills on Pornhub. You know, like I have vices that 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 I'm embarrassed that I'm embarrassed about. You know, Alex can't stop. Alex, he, he loves chocolate cake. Look at him. You know, <laughs> uh, uh. And, you know, and so like, you know, if you're trying to like control these urges and like. You know, are, are you in any kind of groups? Are you looking at any pictures or images to try to, like, control these urges so you don't act on them? Right, right. And then... Uh, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they can say, I'm in a group, I'm in a Telegram group. And, like, also, well, what have you... Like, what do you guys even... Sh- like, what have y'all even sent each other? Like, what's... Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you fist bump them. Hey, thank, hey, man, thanks for being honest with us. We really appreciate that. And, like, look, I know this is hard. It's difficult, you know. Do they – are you just putting this on the public record or are, are you – It's all filmed. Law enforcement at no, all? No, no, we filmed this. And then afterwards, like, you know, well, somebody – someone else is with the camera crew because there's multiple people there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, be like, hey, are you guys um, – hey, are you hungry, man? We're going to order some food. Mm-hmm. And that will be the code to call the cops. Uh, you know, we'll tell and we'll tell the guy, we'll tell the, the predator. I'm like, hey, we really appreciate how how cool you've been. We're about to get some food. Actually, we're gonna, a couple of my uh, friends are going to get some food. Do you want anything? So then, someone in the van or, or goes around the corner and calls nine one one or yes, the local yeah, police yes, and then yes. say, hey, this is time of location. We have the yeah, that, that's that's it. I've only been on like four of these with him, right? So I'm not an expert. This is mm-hmm. just from what we what we've done. Jesus. So how did he get? Did he get in trouble or what? What happened? No, nothing happened. Like so, he took a picture with a the, the, a Houston police union hat okay and then the houston police officer you just retweeted saying we'd love to have you as part of our department okay you know what alex rose has also made some videos saying some racist comments with you know like because he's young he's like 22 years old he's a young kid he's got you know not everybody you know what what you have in one aspect in terms of like your ability to catch predators you might be lacking in terms of like emotional maturity sure that's okay that's fine you're young you're a kid not a big deal you know people grow into who they are and but so anyway, he made he's made some video he made made a video where he's like you know said certain words that I don't want to repeat with a with the letter R, you know okay. at the end and mm-hmm. you know not good but like that that reporter sees the, the the tweet from the the from from the Houston Police Department and just like tries to crucify and he also made another video harassing Peter Hotez at his house about the vaccine. 
wow. <laughs> and she like put those two side by side together, like almost in an attempt to crucify right. uh, the police for wanting Alex Rosen on. And so I'm like, this guy catches pedophiles for a living and has had convictions in like 30 different states. Wow. Why would you want to, why are you attacking somebody like that? That, that yeah. just seems like there's a better use of your time. Like maybe, you know, but thanks for the hard hitting journalism, you know, shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And so then I just decided that I'm going to go to the Chronicle office and pay a visit to, to her and try to see why would you say that? Like, you know, if because police, police brutality is a problem, right? Especially to those people yeah. and these like corporate activist journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why, why would you not want somebody who's had convictions in 30 States with no incidents of violence ever being that you've ever been accused of? Why wouldn't you want people like that to be cops? Right. Racist comments and all who actually actually does that. And not only that, but it does not only that, but like most pedophiles are white anyway. Right, right. So what does even what would even matter if you're dropping if, if you've made a video dropping n bombs here and there? Is that true? Most pedophiles are white? yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, like if you see the videos, there's almost never a black pedophile. That it's like oh. <laughs> there's no Asians, no Indians. I mean, there's some, but it's rare. Like oh, most wow. of the pedophiles are white. Oh, interesting. That that, that I see on these videos is mostly white, like mostly like fat, like depressed looking, sad white dudes who play anime all day. Like it's such a bad stereotype <laughs> that that's what it is. You know what I mean? Or just like fat, like dumpy red, like fat, dumpy, like redneck kind of guys. Like right, that's right. what your cat, when he goes, he, it's in rural, rural America and you're catching these like, fat, dumpy kind of redneck dudes. This is what you're getting mostly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, not to generalize and I'm not an expert, but this is what it is. And so I went to Houston for, uh, for that. And then I found out that there was a city council meeting that day. And why, there was a lot of Palestinians in the room at that time. Was there that, were, yeah. Was that something that you... I didn't pulled? know about that. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I was going to go there and talk about like the corporate journalism and, and just kind of add to what I was doing with the Chronicle. And then I saw this and I'm just like, change of plans. Um, good afternoon, I'm the mayor and council. I'm, I'm here because I, we need to fight genocide, okay? And you know, just like my comrades in Palestine, I too am a victim of genocide. Because as a member of the LGBTQ, the right-wing extremists controlling our state, they want to erase my existence. My wife is a drag queen and a trans sex worker, and she just got fired from teaching kindergarten in the Houston Independent School District because the state of Texas is ran by actual Nazis. And we need to amplify the voices of the most vulnerable. And the struggle for a free Palestine it's synonymous with fighting the patriarchy, trans liberation, and the, right of, the rights of sex workers to practice their profession wherever and whenever they like. Oh, so you walked in the room and Change then plans. you saw that there was a sign she, that said gays for Palestine. I saw a whole group of Palestinian protesters lined up at the door, like almost down the block to get into the into city mm, hall to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, change of plans. So let's play that clip. With whoever they like. You know, at this point, my wife and I, we feel safer moving to the Gaza Strip. And I was told that they throw the best rooftop parties for people like us. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mayor and Council. Thank you. Next speaker. Aquanetta Reed. Aquanetta Reed. Hopefully ride the sugar the national championship. Oh, cool. Okay, good. Because um, I still got to work, dude. I don't make a living off this. I lose money making these videos. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the pedicabbing funds the art projects. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and uh, you know you gotta you know they have George Soros against us, but they and and all the money in the world uh, are enemies. But what they don't have is like like highest and best use of your time and energy and effort. It's like they're so above their skis 
in terms of being on the wrong side of history that you could just fucking put one crowbar right in their weak spot. Boop. Done. It's very easy. Culture jam. It's really easy. And, you know, these are people with unlimited amounts of money that need to pay an army of people to do their bidding. Right. Whereas, like, with our side, you have people like myself and Alex Stein and even Rosen, right? With the, I mean, now he's doing well because he's got he's a lot. Of, he's gotten very visible. And so he's doing very well financially with what he's doing, and he should. Yeah. And even with the police thing, if you became a cop, you'd be taking a huge pay cut anyway with all the money. So you, you just wake up the silent majority of common sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm doing this because it's, it's genuinely what I want to do. It's, it's, it's what I'm doing that gives me a sense of purpose in life. Like, I'm actually doing something historically significant to, like, preserve the freedoms that I was born with and grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. Living in America. Or at least the freedoms I thought I had. The more you, like, look into stuff, the more mm -hmm. you realize you lived in a golden jail and you never <laughs> saw the bars and now we're able to see the bars and you're like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, so, pro pa you know, you, you were talking about that uh, being pro-Palestine and that everyone was, like, clapping or, like, do it, like... And then you were... Anyway, so uh, they thought they were on your side, and then you switched, and then you were getting laughs in that video, which was great. But what is your um, opinion about the Gaza Strip situation? So Hamas came in, came through the Gaza Strip, and then they uh, beheaded people or killed people at some dance. And then Israel's response to that was giving them consent to start a full-on war, right? I think this is very complicated. Yeah, yeah. And I think people are, are making the mistake of falling into these camps where everything's very binary and there's right, right. no room for, like, a nuanced discussion. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing it on both the far left and even on, like, our side. Like, I feel like, look, man, I'm Jewish. I got family in Israel. I got family who died in the Holocaust. A lot of people, look, this is not an original saying. A lot of people have said A lot of people say this. Um... It doesn't justify a genocide of people. It doesn't justify, you know, blowing up hospitals for no reason. It doesn't justify, you know, um, silencing people's speech. Does, like, all right, like that, that, and I just want to be clear on, on that. But um, knowing what you went through, right, um, and knowing, like, how, how the pogroms initiated and the, the fact that, like, if you look at history, Jews have been the most persecuted um, people, Throughout history, like like historically speaking, Jews have been the most persecuted and, and oppressed people throughout history, um, and then that's a, that's just a historical fact. Doesn't mean other people haven't, right? But but Jews have always been treated as like underclassmen, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, as a whole. Minus you know Jacob Rothschild happening to, happening to run a central bank, like Jews as a whole have been treated really badly by by society. Sure. Uh, you know, and and um, and then when you look at what's in the Torah, like the Torah also says like Israel's the home of the Jews, right? So like considering how badly you've been treated in every other part that you every other place that you've been exiled and forced to live in the idea of wanting to have your own country and a space that's yours is not unreasonable i always wonder if that makes sense like it's not sure. unreasonable and that piece of land is is the size of, of new jersey and um you know even in the muslim countries right right like people say oh well pre balfour declaration and whatnot right or mm -hmm. you know jews and arabs coexisted and, and lived together and whatnot right and I don't know what it was like in Israel or in Palestine, like in that area, right? But I do know that in the other Arab countries, you talk about like a, a genocide and an apartheid and like the treating of people as second-class citizens. Like in other Arab countries, Jews are treated as dimmi, which are second-class citizens. They had to pay taxes and pay a bunch of protection fees. And like, you know, they, they were treated like total garbage by other Arab, other Arab nations. And, they, and they've been, they were like forced to leave their homes. And a lot of Jews in Arab countries were also just forced to just leave their homes 
and a lot, and if you look at them, the, the population of Israel, it's actually made up a lot of Arabs who live in Israel. A lot of Arab Jews actually live in Israel. So when people call it like an ethno, like a white ethno state and an apartheid state. It's actually like a very diverse state. It's just people share a Jewish, a Jewish faith. And even in, in Israel, like you can go, like you're not paying like you're not paying like any kind of special fees to become Muslim. You could be a Christian in Israel. You could be a Muslim in Israel. Like you can be whatever religion you want. It's just you know, Judaism is just the religion of the of that state, and that's kind of all it is. I mean, my feeling about this is like we had nine eleven. And, and we also had um, Pearl Harbor and the Gulf of Tonkin. And I just feel like um, you have to be so careful on the initiating incident of a war to make sure, goddamn sure, that it wasn't allowed to happen, state-sponsored. Like... Oh, yes. So that, that, that's the next point. And, and, and just because, you know, my heritage make, makes me very like, unequivocally convinced that you deserve a country and a space— doesn't mean that false flag attacks won't happen. That doesn't, that, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not mutually exclusive where, like, just because I believe that Jews should have a home in Israel doesn't mean that, like, the Israeli government didn't know about something like this potentially happening. Or it doesn't mean that, like, the Iron Dome, which is the most secure fixture in the world, for it to get penetrated by a bunch of guys in, 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 on hang gliders, that that narrative shouldn't be looked at thoroughly. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that... Um, the Israeli Mossad, best intelligence agency in the world, that the fact that they let this thing happen, you know... If their like, goal was to, you know, take more land of the Gaza Strip and, and increase the, um, the border of Israel, if their goal was that, but they couldn't get the public consent, then they show a bunch of... You know, babies out of incubators. Potentially, that, that's that's one aspect. There's also, like, I haven't looked into this, too. There's also, like, the Ben-Gurion Canal, which i got to learn more about. And apparently they find a bunch of natural gas reserves in Palestine mm. as well. And, and it could be a, a way to just siphon and, and get resources in it. And, you know, maybe, look, man, you got a bunch of people that go to Davos that, are, that have, have been openly plotting on consolidating wealth. I mean, it's also possible that, like, maybe people high up in the Israeli government or the Israeli Mossad and some of the Hamas leaders who don't even live in that area. They live in, like, Qatar and villas. You know, I think maybe they like. It's not entirely impossible that, that, that there could have been some collusion with those two enemy groups to just further consolidate wealth. Like, who knows? What if what if they happen to wind up becoming stakeholders in in the future Bengarian Canal? Like, there's just so much stuff that you just don't know about. So I think the narrative is not like the narrative shouldn't really necessarily be free Palestine because all that happens is you just give Israel to a bunch of Islamic terrorists, fundamentalists who hate you. And if you look at the the um, we were talking about BLM and Antifa and all this stuff. And, you know, one thing about these, this Palestine, the, this free Palestine movement in, that, that's happening all over the world, it, it's BLM on steroids. And, and, and the same people that, like, you know, protested and, and wanted law enforcement to fund it, the same people throwing rocks and, and destroying small businesses, the same people doing all this stuff um, in 2020, these are the same people, like, leading and organizing and, and, and um, perpetuating these, the, the free Palestine movements, you know, blocking traffic on the way to JFK, um, ransacking, like, like disrupting people in malls in Canada. These, these are mobs of people, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, oh, the people that um, called you a racist because you didn't um, want a full-scale ride in, in 2020 or the people that, or because you don't want to upzone your house, you know, for a, to, 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 for, for a large um, housing conglomerate to, to replace it. Oh, so these people that were gaslighting and calling you racist because you were approving these um, UN globalist talking points, 
Oh, would you look at that? They also hate Jews. Oh, wow. Why are we listening to these people? Why do these Antifa groups have any credibility when their hand is shown that these people do not like Jewish people, do not like Jews? Is that, is that the case? Antifa is anti-Jew? If you're supporting, if you're supporting and justifying um, Hamas controlling that region, right? you know what I mean? And, and you don't like, and, and you can't understand the need for like a small, a, a small country, mm-hmm. the, the need to have a small country as a result of everything that's happened. Yeah, bro. I, I, would, I would safely assume that you don't like Jewish people. And, and you're part of an organized group. Not if you're like a regular person like me or you or, or, or like Sam or anybody else that we talk to. Like this, this doesn't apply to them. But if you're part of a larger group that's going out and, and, and engaging in these, ma- in these uh, mass consent organized protests, like somebody is funding you and these people that are funding you, yeah, they don't like Jews. But that's just what, what, what they say. Too. I mean, I so, saw drone footage like, you know, 50 miles from Gaza of just a mosque just being leveled with one, like, drone strike. And so, like, it's hard to, like, continuously put out the oppressed class thing when they're, like, clearly, um, just like a mosque was just, like, there, then it's not there. Yeah. And that's, like, you know, and it's, like, does everybody in there is the reason that they hate Jews? Like, why are you giving them more reason to hate Jews? Okay, fine. And then let's flip that back. And then the more you see these crazy protests and you see these people act like fucking psychotic lunatics throughout the whole country, the more me as a Jew say, yeah, we definitely got to have our own state. Look at these fucking people. Well, I think... So do you you understand? Do you understand that? Like, there's also that perspective too, right? I think Antifa takes is like the opposite of culture jamming. What they're doing is there's like, oh, there's like a little wound here. Let's scratch this wound and make it a big to get the public off of the bankers. You know what I mean? Yes, that's kind of what it is. They, they, the, the whole thing of BLM is black lives matter as though Chinese people's lives matter as though Vietnamese people don't matter. You know, and I think it's like, let's take this wound and this anger, this righteous anger, and let's just peel it apart and make more chaos so that we're all fighting amongst ourselves and we're not going, hmm, maybe we should put a guillotine outside the Federal Reserve today. You know what I mean? Yes, I think that that, that does play a role. Um, but also these, these huge mass protests... You know, and I think that like the, the issue with Israel, I'm not an expert on this, right? Mm-hmm. I think that like we shouldn't be paying taxes. We shouldn't be giving like billions of dollars to a foreign country, right? So I don't think that we should be paying taxes to like fund, you know, to, to provide like a bunch of weapons to the Israeli government. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff, like, okay, like I just want to be clear, like I don't think that there's a poop map in San Francisco. Yeah, 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 yeah. on the street, like dude, a, a truck driver in, in um, rural Pennsylvania who's been decimated by inflation doesn't want to fund another war in the Middle East, and that's yeah. going to create more anti-Semitism. Yeah, like that's all. That's all. These are facts, right? Like that. That, that <laughs> stuff I totally understand, and and I agree with them, um, but. You know, paying for the Iron Dome to be more secure is a good investment because, you know, the Iron Dome, in practice, aside from October 7th, does prevent rockets from going into Israel and prevents a lot of stuff. Like, they shoot down. That's what the Iron Dome does. It shoots down rockets that are being fired from yeah, the Palestinian side. I mean, if Israeli wants to pay for their own defense, not offense, I'm, I'm all Okay, fine, that. fine, yeah. But to help pay for that is actually not the worst investment because if these rockets start piercing through the dome, then you get more Israeli aggression, and then we have an allyship with, with Israel, and then it actually can create a larger, more messier conflict, which could lead to World War III. So the idea of, like, there is a justification, I think, to funding that one aspect. But we shouldn't be funding, like, there should be an audit for how the funding is allocated, right? Like, we shouldn't be funding the building of settlements. You know, we shouldn't be funding new weapons for them. We, we should just be funding, like, their ability to, like, protect themselves from future attacks. And that, that's, that's the extent of it. And there should be, like, an audit for how that gets funded. There is a problem, too, and it's the fact that, like, you also have people like Robert Maxwell that helped Mossad build a back door 
into every spyware system. So a lot of blackmail could, you know, you got a country that that's hell bent on self-preservation, right? Mm-hmm. And and as a result of that, you'll do everything, anything you can to get as many resources as possible from people to continue preserving yourself. You know, and so that means blackmailing politicians and saying, well, you better sign up. You better sign on to this and give us more money. Doesn't that turn like... you from the victim to the abuser when you act like that? Well, that's why it's so complicated. But, but we're, not to, we're talking about the government, not the people. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm talking about, like, being, being in solidarity with, like, the Israeli people who just want to live in Israel and just practice their religion and be left alone. Like, most people in Israel, that, that's just why they're in Israel. Right? And, and the real narrative is that, that you should be having um, – if you cared about, like, peace and stopping this conflict – you should be, um, A, pushing for a genuine ceasefire. You should push, like, Hamas to engage in a ceasefire or, like, the, the you know, the, the, you should allow them to have new, fairer elections where they become a little more democratized. And if you look at the aid that we give, we also, we give a ton of aid to Hamas and to Iran and to all these other groups that gets funneled to Pal- the Palestinians. And with the money that we give to the Palestinians, that region should be a, a paradise. That region should be another Dubai, you know? So, yeah. so, so that also gets kind of overlooked, too. Um, you know, and, and people aren't really like, oh, it's just not the cool or popular thing to talk about. Um, and if people were to pay attention to what's going on in Israel, there's actually a lot of hatred towards Benjamin Netanyahu amongst Jews in Israel. Mm. And, and prior to October 7th, I'm, I'm sure you knew this, but I'll just repeat it. Anyway. They tried to re- get him to resign. Yes, they they all protest. They've been protesting for Netanyahu for months because he's trying to consolidate the judiciary and, and, and turn... His, this democratic country, a beautiful democratic country, into a dictatorship. Yeah. Um, you know, if you really wanted to stop the conflict, you should be organizing anti-Netanyahu protests where Israel supporters and Palestinian supporters are welcome to, to protest in unison. That's what I think you should be doing if you actually cared about, like, addressing this conflict. Or what you could also be doing is you, could be, you should be organizing, like, um, charities that are, like, in which, like, Chabad rabbis from all over the country are, like, raising money to just help people in Maui, Hawaii and publicize that to just, you know, just as a better PR strategy, just so that you don't get a, a repeat of, of, of what happened in Germany in the 1930s. So I, I think that like, I think those approach, like in terms of stopping, in terms of like being anti-war, like I think those newer approaches that people haven't thought about, I think are better approaches than just repeating tropes like end the occupation. You know, yeah. like it doesn't, you know, or from the river to the sea, like that doesn't do anything. All it does, especially when you see mass numbers of people protesting like this, and you're a small percent of, and you make up less than 1% of the population, there's only like 17 million Jews in the entire world, right? Like we're almost an endangered species as, as, from human, from a human standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Like you hear that shit and I'm just like, yeah, bro, I, we definitely, you think we're going to give up Israel after seeing this shit? You got to be smoking crack. To think that, like, I'm not going to want to have my own place to go home if shit hits the fan. Because, look, from what I'm watching, shit looks like it's hitting the fan. You see college campuses, like, you see Antifa students harassing people with yarmulkes going into Temple. You know what I mean? Or chasing people who have Israeli flags on their shirts and stuff like that. And and quartering them and saying, shame, 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 shame. In Europe, you know, like, uh, and this has been going on for decades. We couldn't even walk, like, there were safety issues walking to a synagogue in Europe because of the large influx of of, um, Arab migrants that that were flooding the border. So, like... Well, what you want to do, if you really want to stop this, you got to figure out where the funding for these Antifa groups is coming from. Because if it's coming from, like, a foreign country or com- coming from people that are, like, giving money to ISIS or God knows what, right? Then all of a sudden, these, these groups are not actually – these groups are almost, like, terrorist groups designed to subvert what it means to live in America. And so, like, I think, like, that's got to be more the discussion that you have versus, like, pick a side, motherfucker. 
And also, like, this, yeah, I, I totally agree. And the Senate, like, Israel's own Senate, like, years ago, tried to impeach Netanyahu for corruption, but then something happens, this, like, the, the cabal or whatever his uh, shadowy allegiances are from, he just stops not, any yeah. attempt to get him out not of any lawful treated, attempt. Not, not to mention he treated his own citizens like guinea pigs during COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention that. So, um, yeah, I think that, like, I think both regions need new elections and new governments. Yeah. I, I really think that that's the only way you're going to get any kind of real peace. And then you also had Netanyahu on record talking about how he helped fund Hamas and propagate Hamas. And the Israeli government has helped do that to undermine the legitimacy of the P- to destroy the PLO. And when you have a bunch of crazy terrorists like Hamas running that region... <clears throat> It undermines any credibility that they have at the UN or anywhere else, mm. and it allows um, Israel more control of that region. So I, there is yeah. a lot of there is a lot of the, 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 the what's happening in that in the Middle East is so complicated that I don't think you should be reacting emotionally to anything that you see. Like you should be fact checking everything like crazy. Like the the the, the yo the bombing mosques, right? Mm-hmm. Like. These people, they name they, they name schools after suicide bombers, right? They name elementary schools after suicide bombers. Okay, <laughs> right, they right. have children's cartoons. They have Farfer. You've heard of Farfer? No. He's jihadist Mickey Mouse. I'll, I'll show this to you afterwards. Okay, they uh-huh. have they have um, children's cartoons that encourage Islamic jihad. They have kindergarten graduations where you reenact a jihad scenes in kindergarten. Mm. Okay, mm. Uh, and granted, there's a lot of a- anti-Arab stuff in Israel, but not to that level. Right. Not to that. Not on that level. And when you see that going on next door, what would you do if you lived there? What would you do if a bunch of Mexican cartel members were, were doing shit like this, like in Texas? Like it, we'd be we'd be going in there if we had a real country and a real government. We'd be going in there and fucking these people up, you know. So there is a lot. There's a lot of that that just isn't um, isn't really discussed or, or or thought through. And and so when you say, oh my God, Israel blew up a hospital or a mosque, well, like they these are the the people that. Would you not be surprised at the people that named um, elementary schools after suicide um, bombers would not be hiding ammo and, and munitions manufacturing inside of these areas? I always because just, now the de- now yeah. all of a sudden, like the more they you know, and then using children's for shields to to prop to, to to raise money and to generate more propaganda. Like you wouldn't be like would you not considering who these people are? Would you not be surprised that they would be capable of something like that? And you know that these people are total monsters because we fund them. And we don't fund good guys. We don't fund nice people. We don't, like, help nice people get, get in charge of regions that we want to have control over. So these people are... So it's, so it's even more obvious that these people are monsters and capable of doing stuff like that. I think that what, <laughs> what Israel... The border of Israel and Gaza are people with diametrically opposed ideologies. And the leadership at the top inflates the differences and makes them worse and worse and worse on both sides and it's just like like it's kind of like um it, it's like uh, scientology being run by david miscavige still and he's like i'm gonna figure this out you know it's just the, the leadership at the top of both is is nuts and designed specifically by the world stage uh to enhance conflict it's one religion is hell-bent on destroying the other and then on the other side the other religion is hell-bent on destroying the other so there's no solution without um i don't know some kind of like maybe like big buffet where everyone shares each other's food and culture let's let's 
put a break on that issue because I have so much more. Well, because to talk this issue is so complicated that you could talk about this issue for four hours and come up with no solutions. Well, and and it just makes you and and, and the entangled web of of who belongs to what and, and what belongs to who and everything else that's going on in that region. Like there is no way that anybody can solve this crisis. No, no sitting president can solve this crisis. Nobody could do anything. The only thing you could do is command enough respect in a room when you sit these people down where they just don't fuck with each other too much for four years. Yeah. And, and right now, with who we have as president, that is not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think uh, Joe Biden knows where he is. I, I really believe that Joe Biden's dead, and it's like a looky-likey. That's just like I think John Fetterman. I think it's more with Fetterman. I think Fetterman's a clone. I think if you look at Fetterman and you see the videos of Fetterman, like the, the, the before and after, that is... He died and... That, that's a clone. Like, yeah. that is... The case of, of a clone is a lot more obvious with John Fetterman than with... with uh, well, after a stroke, is kind of face Joe warped. Biden and all that stuff. Um, so you are okay to be in a situation where you walk out in front of Houston City Council, in front of a bunch of Palestinians, uh, with your opinions, and you're pro-gay. You're fine to go um, in a situation with uh, uh, confronting pedophiles. You, um, I like, I had uh, this tremendous fear of failure, and I saw this uh, guy called Alan Waugh, who's a shaman, who, like, removed my fear of failure. Shout out to Alan Waugh. He came out with a book uh, about ayahuasca uh, healing. Um, he's been a recent guest on my podcast. You had one MMA fight. Do you feel like in that something happened to you where you removed your fear to like because you've seen highlights of people getting wheel kick ko'd you've seen highlights of like the worst thing that can happen walking into that cage what what is that like making that walk and and having that fight i don't know man i think like uh being in the dressing room and thinking about the fight is like for months on end is scarier than the fight itself okay um, but I, I get scared when I go to council meetings. Yeah. Like, I get scared. Like, I, I was kind of scared before I went up before the Houston City Council. I was I get scared before going into the Chronicle office. Like, you know, I, I get scared. Did you see my my, my, pro, my video with the, the um, when I did a fake petition at the pro-Hamas, pro, at the, the Free Palestine rally in Austin? No. I it was one to, like, ban Jewish businesses. And, like, it was like, uh-huh. the most anti-Semitic, like, almost Nazi-like petition where I was trying to get these people to sign it. Uh-huh. Dude! I was scared shitless. Like, I had to pedicab the night before. I, I don't even think I, I barely made any money that night because I was of how nervous I was thinking about what I was going to do in that the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when um, I saw, like, Jose Garza in front of the DA, I get nervous all the fucking time. I'm a bundle of nerves. I'm always... We've traveled together. You don't yeah. think, like, I, I get nervous. You don't think I get nervous? Like, we've roomed together and I've taught, you know? I know. I just... I think that you are more uh, confrontational and I'm more, like, uh, I don't know. I try to get the even the new Braunfels city council like on my side a little bit i feel like you're like you're okay to go to toe-to-toe with them well i didn't think I, that, that they were going to kick me out of new Braunfels. i thought they were going to let me finish yeah you know but i just i, had but I actually more, had no idea i was I like, like finish my speech bitey sense about like where the line was I, I you know um i think the more you do competitive athletic events and i had like some boxing fights beforehand too I think that what I've know what I've noticed is that like if you're fully prepared and fully focused on something like you're supposed to be like being scared is normal. Mm-hmm. So like I, I get scared and nervous before every single thing that I've done. Mm-hmm. You just got to understand that you're supposed to be. Mm. You know, like you're just like supposed to be scared and like hey, you'll feel better when it's over. Mm-hmm. 
you'll feel better when it's over with you'll you'll be good you'll be fine you'll feel better when all this is done but you you know you know um well well you know you know you won't feel like if you don't do it, you're going to feel worse. You're going to feel really bad if you don't do it. So now you have no choice. You better do this now. Like you, you could have chickened better. out in the, in the back and be like, listen, I can't do it. I can't make the walk. Like you would have felt like that was worse than getting KO'd. Yeah. 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 Like if you fail, like, like if you don't even try, like that's the biggest failure. Because honestly, like, I, I, like with failure, dude, I already feel like I'm a failure now. Right? And I'm not saying it like, like, like it's a bad thing, right? Like, you know, failing is fine. Like you're supposed to, everyone's a failure. Like, Everybody who's successful in some capacity is a failure. You know, like, you have to fail your way to the... You fail. As long as you kind of, like, fail up, it's fine. Look at Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, he's a president. He, he's the he's the lowest-rated president ever. And, and he might get reelected. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about that? And so is Bush. But, no, but what, I'm, what I'm saying, though, is that, like, um... You know, look, man, I'm a failed author. I'm a failed um, musician. I'm a failed uh, podcast host. Uh... Even as a Mayfighter, like, I had one fight. It's not like I had, like, a bunch of fights and made it all the way. Like, I'm failed at that. I, um, I don't have any children. I'm a failed father. Like, you know, I'm 37 <laughs> years old. I have no kids. I'm not married. I mean, I do. I own a house. I'm thankful for that. But, like, you know, like, I've never been able to hold on to a the only, the only, I've never been able to hold on to a job for more than a year and a half aside from being able to ride on a tricycle. Like, I already am a failure. So, it's like, what, what are you, like, what, what's there to be afraid of? Like, you're already, like... You already are just some kind of, you're like, you got nothing, like, I'm not going to say I have nothing to lose, but like, what are you going to do if you don't do this? Like, what am I, what what am I going to get a job in tech song software? Like, what what am I going to get hired by a normal corporation on Wall Street? Like, am I going to go work in corporate America somewhere? You know, like, am I going to go become a school teacher? Like, no one's, I'm I'm so unemployable that like, what's like, (laughs) what, what, like, you know, you know, what are, what are really the negative consequences of this at this point? Like. You know, the only negative consequences is not doing it. Mm. So what is your, I met your girlfriend at the American yeah. Liberty Awards. What does she think of your uh, antics and your uh, culture jamming? Is she ever like, hey, you're getting too into this. Just like, uh, you know, just hang out with me. And... Well, she's like that all the time. <laughs> Don't leave the house. Let's just watch young Sheldon and, you know. Yeah, whatever. yeah. She's just like, why do you have to go? This is not important. Come on. So you're supposed to spend time with her. You're always gone. Like, why, like, yeah, all the time. You know, but she's also not, like, uh, she also doesn't, like, disapprove of it. She just doesn't care about politics. She doesn't care at all about mm-hmm. it, which is great because you don't want to be a, someone who, like, disapproves of what you're doing because you get that energy and then you fail, you know, <laughs> right, and then, then, right. then you lose your momentum and then you lose your mojo. Right, right. And, and people's energy is very transmissible and contagious. Yeah, yeah. Even my mom is not as a big supporter of this, so I don't talk to my mom that much about this because when, when I talk to my mom even about the Palestine video, she did not like the video. Mm-hmm. And she was being really critical about it. I'm just like, well, the more I explain to her, the more I'm just going to burn out and lose my energy. And what if I... And That's I, my favorite one you've done so far. Thank you. So, you know that I lived with my mom and dad until I was 27 years old? Oh, no, you didn't tell me. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, I don't even have an experience. Like, I own a house, but, like, I don't have any experience living on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, so, you know, I, I never even lived on my own until I moved to Austin. And I don't think I'd even be able to lift on my own if I couldn't ride this tricycle in Austin. Yeah, Like, yeah. I don't have any real other skills to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, we're all, oh, you, you're worried about failing? I'm like, bro, this ship's already sailed. Like, <laughs> I already have failed. Like, so what are you talking about? Bro, what are you talking about? Like, the, like I've, already, I've already failed. No, there's a bottom. And we've mentioned some people off air that, that uh, have sunk lower like, than us. Well, potentially. But, like, look, dude, I, I, I've already failed in a lot of ways. 
Um, but I'm also very grateful that despite how many times, despite being an abject failure kind of at life, I'm actually doing well for myself, which is a weird juxtaposition. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, um, but dude, ideally, like you're talking about fear, right? Like this is also kind of why I like want Ron DeSantis to be president versus Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. because I think that. You look, you don't put politicians or leaders on a pedestal. And this is another thing, too. Man. People are getting pissed. At, I don't know if people are getting pissed, but maybe this is probably why I'm not like getting retweeted or shared by as many people with my videos. Um, because you're going against the grain and supporting you know, the guy that big conservative media, which is alternative media, is... You're supporting the guy who's um, competing directly with the, the biggest... Uh, the face of alternative media, which is Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and a big reason why I want DeSantis to win is because, like, I actually think that he'll he'll be competent enough as as a leader, where I won't need to do this shit anymore, and I could just be like a normal human being. <laughs> right. You think he'll take? He'll be less divisive than the Biden uh, or Trump. Trump. Yeah. And he'll just put more of a hey, chill. Let's have prosperity and love with each other. Yes, I think that yeah. like with someone like that, you know. We're not getting a central bank digital currency if that guy gets in office. Right. You know, like he handled COVID really well. A group of glo- unelected globalists are using crisis after crisis to usher in a new world order. Anybody can understand that. Um, you know, and then you got, and then if you, so if you like the guy who's really good at managing disasters, well, mm-hmm. guess what? Without, dis- without disaster spiraling out of control, the need for me to do this stuff doesn't exist anymore. And you know what that means? We're trying to have a kid right now. I get to just be a dad. I get to ride the tricycle. I get to maybe try to start like another business. I get to just like mm-hmm. enjoy the. I get to actually just enjoy the ride. Yeah, just be there with my girlfriend and like raise my kid and not always feel nervous and anxious all the time. So like in terms mm-hmm. of failure, it's like yeah, dude, I, I get scared and nervous all the time about everything, man. I'm like a bundle of nerves all the time about every single thing. Bundle of nerves, you know what I mean? Like what do I? I call people all the time before, to read my speeches, you know, like. <sighs> All, like, all this, right? Like, I'm, like, I started, like, going to tent, like, well, I started, like, sort of observing Shabbat, like, you know, and, like, praying at night in the, in the morning and doing all these things to get closer to God because of all this stuff. And that's a good thing, which I'll continue doing. But um, having this type of anxiety, having this type of fear and nervousness and readiness, it's not a sustainable path. You know, you eventually have to graduate to something. And you either graduate to doing what Alex Stein is doing, where he's getting a bunch of money to, to have his show on the blaze and, and get paid a lot for speaking fees, which he deserves every penny of, you know? Yeah. He's a great guy. Great, yeah. Good yeah, friend yeah. of mine. Great, great, great human being. I, I really have nothing but like love for that guy. No, even, even though he's on the Trump side and I'm not, I don't care. Don't care. Yeah, right yeah, or yeah. Die, like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, like, I think he's a fan of Ron DeSantis too, you know? Yeah. But I think that he's going to Mar-a-Lago. Of course. Uh, you know, he's, he's, well, he's also open for, he's emceed for Trump. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's team yeah. Trump and that's fine. Sure. That's okay. Um, you know, and, and like, Eventually, like, I, I'm not going to do this for like five years. Like this type of energy and this type of output that you're doing with, with everything, it's not a sustain. It's not sustainable to go on with this energy. You have to graduate. Even Alex Jones, he's gra- he graduated yeah. to having his own show and being in studio. But yeah. before this, he used to go and do the stuff on the street that I was doing. Right, right. Um, so either you got to graduate to something like this where you can make a living doing this, or you graduate in terms of having a, a disciple or a protege that you pass this on to, so, so someone else can do it. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, or you graduate to the point where, like, you have, you've done really well in other investments, something else happens where you're comfortable, and now you can help other people do this because 
you know, they're, 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 they're fresher and more hungry. Yeah. Um, you know, or you just get a better leader where you don't need to do this anymore. Uh, <laughs> where you could focus on uh, thriving. Yeah, you could focus on something else. And this is a cool part of your, this is a cool chapter you left that you tell your kids about and make jokes with or, or you go to the bar and tell your friends, hey, this is what I used to do back in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Back when the world was on fire yeah. and everything was in chaos and divisive. And I, and I enjoyed every minute of it, you know? So I think that's kind of my, it's a long-winded tangent about failure and stuff like that, but that's really like, it's like almost a therapy session opening that up, you know? No, I appreciate that. That was very uh, vulnerable. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen that side of you asking that question. Um, I, I always think about, uh, you know, different business models of, of politics. Like, you have the politician, but then the policies are different. And, like, I was a big fan of, like, Ron Paul when he was speaking. Yeah. Like, because I, I, I was like, oh, my God, this guy makes sense. Like, he's putting, hold on. And then, and then I was also a big fan of Bernie Sanders because it was like he was a guy who put, like, senses together that made sense. And then... Um, I watched the machine destroy both of them, but then I'm, I'm wondering, like, what is better? Is there a little bit of socialism mixed in with capitalism? Is that the best? Because I went to Germany, and that that country functions very well. Well, so you know, minus the refugee crisis that they're dealing with right now, and minus their energy crisis, and minus the inflation that they're dealing with, and minus their fifth COVID lockdown that they had to, minus their five COVID lockdowns and the vaccine passports. Yeah, going great. Um, Oktoberfest <laughs> was great. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> so, uh, very well run. Um, <laughs> Argentina is going through a thing where they've had everyone on welfare for so long that they um, that if everyone gets, you know, uh, eight thousand monopoly dollars every month, um, then their monopoly dollars with no industry behind it become worth nothing. So the industry, you know, the and it's sad that, you know, people's lives are worth nothing because of the government's decisions. Um, But like. Uh, lethargy in the population that's pacified with the monopoly money for so long manifests starvation and stagnation and um, I'm just wondering if, if, if Argentina pulled itself away from the global markets and was an isolationist my opinion of politics is always more isolationist like take care of the poop on the San Francisco street like don't get involved well you need better money you can't use fiat money backed by nothing sure of course so and now they're using our fiat money to as a as their reserve money to prop up their economy because their economy their president's a pretty big bitcoiner though so I wouldn't be surprised if like down the line you get what you got in El Salvador yeah, just buckets of money. Don't buy a loaf of bread. No, El Salvador is really well. Is running really well, actually. Oh, tell me about El Salvador. The know. president Nayib Bukele made Bitcoin legal tender. Okay. And the country's been thriving ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think now he's in the green on his investments, but for a while he was buying it at like forty k, maybe like you know he bought it at like a relatively high price. Uh, I think the price is kind of like leveled out, or they're in profit, or they took some profit and built like some. They, they built some bo- they, they they put in some volcano bonds and some like uh, veterinary stuff and whatnot, right? But what happened with with adopting Bitcoin as legal tender is that you got a lot of interest, a lot of tech companies and a lot of American like venture capital funds. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're now interested in wanting to come to El Salvador because you're embracing this better technology for money. Mm. Um, and you know now like the baristas now like every store in El Salvador has to accept Bitcoin. It's legal tender. If, if, if something is legal tender, you got to accept it as payment, right. right? You can't say, no, we're not accepting that. Like, you have to accept it. Um, and, and so as a result, you're getting, uh, you know, over time, you're going to get regular people in El Salvador to be a lot richer mm-hmm. as a result of this because mm-hmm. you're using money that um, 
get grows more scarce and more finite over time. If you mm-hmm. understand how that works, mm-hmm. um, you're getting more American funding and or just VC funding coming into this, or people with a lot of money that want to invest in something like this. Um, and as a result, you're also getting more tourism because oh, I can pay with Bitcoin. That that's a novelty and it's cool and it gets tourism is like increased by like four hundred percent or something crazy in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. And um, you know when that happens, guess what you don't want to see if you're a VC. If you're venture capital or if you're um, a tourist, a central bank digital currency. No, forget that. Guess what? You don't want to see if, if you're if you if, if if you want to attract funding and tourism to your country. What do you not want? Crime. Yes. And what did Naive Kelly do? Built a bunch of built a bunch of huge prisons and took all the gang members and just locked them in there. And the murder rate has gone down by ninety four percent in El Salvador. Oh, well, we we need them for, as Antifa here. Why are you just locking them up? You're wasting all that potential. Yeah, so there, there is potential for Mill A to potentially do something like that in Argentina, too. And that we should buy them for, like, six Bitcoin each. I need, I need, I need to get on that. Um, we should just buy them. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it just makes me think, like, because uh, I'm always, like, in a, you know, anyway. You, it, you're saying, like, Bitcoin is the answer. Cryptocurrency is. No, I don't think crypto is the I think owning, having Bitcoin and being able to self-custody it and, and have it in a way that's KYC free, which just means know your customer free, which means, you know, nobody else needs to know that you own it, but you, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. uh, I think that is a very effective measure to fight the tyranny that's happening, especially since the tyranny that's going to happen is going to be in a digital, is going to be digitized and digitized tyranny is going to be a lot more, um, passive aggressive. Well, no, it's going to be a lot more subversive, um, than the tyranny that you even had in, in Nazi Germany. Right, because like they didn't have ca- like even like and Kennedy said this right, and he got crucified for it, but he's right. Like Hitler didn't have cameras in the Swiss Alps to monitor your movements. You know, like he had boots on the ground, but still they didn't have cameras like knowing where you went constantly. You know, they didn't yeah. have central bank digital currencies in Nazi Germany. Like right, yeah, yeah. The ma- you know, um, it's much more efficient. Yeah, so the CBDCs and, and like that type of stuff and, and AI and everything like that is is going to be a way more efficient. Uh, more sub- subjugative, uh, subversive a version of tyranny than um, than what you've had in the past, and so having a technology where you have self custody over your funds and the ability to kind of move around without needing these systems is is something that is a way to bypass that. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about. Uh, I was hearing this uh, theory that what Elon Musk is really up to, his real final solution, is getting Twitter to be something like a bitcoin so you pay with like twitter dollars kind of like Facebook oh, they're making it like no they're making it like a wechat it's like the everything app whitney webb talks a lot about yeah, Elon yeah. Musk, and i listen to her and and people are looking at him like he's a savior and i'm like hey let's pump the brakes what he's doing with twitter is a net positive for right now but you know that's also an important reason why you put your faith in god and not other human beings because you can't put your faith into you know don't put your faith in Elon Musk because pretend, because this could all turn around very easily and you got to always check everybody with where they're going. Because, but yeah. you can still voice approval for some of the things they do. Yeah. Well, they give you your freedom of speech, but then they hang you out to drive for it because now your uh, social credit score goes down if you have a, a wrong thought, you know? So that's the that's So we the don't have social that. credit scores yet. And something like Bitcoin prevents that from being um, mm. something of material value. There's always this fight between okay. good and evil. If what? you have a, a bad social credit score, mm-hmm. right? With, let's say we get to that point, and mm-hmm. we have CBDCs, and you have a bad social credit score, and you can't start your like you can't uh, start your electric powered vehicle, 
and we're they're only selling EV like electric cars. Right, right. they can turn them off on the satellite. I'll use Bitcoin to buy a gas-powered vehicle. Right, right. Fine. Like you're gonna get rid of gas stations. Like good luck getting rid of gas stations in in Texas. Like that you still need gas to do things. You know, or like oh I can't find meat at the grocery store because I got rid of my carbon allowance. Fine. Here's some sats. I'm gonna go to my farmer's market. Like right. it, it it bypasses a lot of this stuff. Yeah. You know, and then the more you, you know, and then the more tyrannical these CBDCs get, guess what? The more valuable something like Bitcoin gets. So then all of a sudden now you just redistributed wealth from technocratic, like technocrat assholes and, and then like yuppies and these big, these hipster yuppies to like your, to farmers and plumbers and ranchers in, in the country, because now they're holding onto a currency that's infinitely more valuable than, uh, you know, what, what some tech bro on rainy street has. Mm. So I think that that, that's a big, that's going to be a huge shift. And I think that when, once that happens, then people and people with a lot of money, they always, they, money does talk and money drives influence. And when people have a lot of money, they have more influence over things. And then you'll just start changing the laws to get a more free society over time. It's just going to be a, a process. But I think that like something like Bitcoin does give you a really clear window of hope to be on the right side of history. Interesting. Yeah. I, this is just like stuff that I don't research very much, but the, um, that how in China, like if you smoke on a bus, like your credit score goes down. And then like Twitter, you think that it's like giving you your freedom of speech, but then like it, it, it could take it away. But then what you're saying is Bitcoin is an already established thing that gets more, it, it has to get more valuable because it's always getting more rare. So it, that's the fail safe of Well, and also the, way, the way the transactions are validated, it's validated by every node operator has to like unanimously agree on, a, on the transaction. And it's, it's 15,000 different node operators scattered across the world, right? Right, right. Like that's, that's the definition of decentralized finance. Right. Yeah. You know? And there are some issues where it's like, okay, what if BlackRock buys all the mining companies and then they can start making saying that like we won't we won't broadcast the transaction unless it has your name on it. You know, there is something like that. But guess what? Like some other some somebody else will just take, so, so, you know, some new mining company will just will, will come in and take the place potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. There there will always be a way to for people to be able to freely transact. It's just a matter of how do you think ahead. And I think that's that that's the important part about like you know, having positive like life habits so that you have clarity as to what's happening. Cause you always got to think like from, from, with investing, with, with making videos, with, with networking with people, with speaking, you always got to like, well, everyone's getting emotionally got to think like, okay, well, well, what's this emotional reaction going to lead to? Mm. And then you make your plan according to what you think the emotional reaction will lead to. Mm. Like the, uh, the anger behind it. It's, yeah. it's logical right, well, conclusion. Okay. What's the conclusion? What happens after everybody gets, is done being angry? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've, I've actually, I don't spend as much time on Twitter as I used to because of that. And I noticed people, a lot of people in our movement are very, they're very emotional. <laughs> well, and yeah. They, and, and they're almost, from an emotional standpoint, they've almost gotten worse than the left. For, and I hate the left-right paradigm, but they've almost gotten worse in terms of the emotionality of, of, of communicating. Well, I just think that when a Democrat is in office, the, the right becomes desperate and, and argumentative. And then the, when the right gets in, then the left becomes def, desperate and argumentative. And, um, and I think I'm just total. I'm so far out of the left right paradigm now that it's just like, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just, I see people just having a reason to hate our neighbors instead of like, oh, like, oh, hey, you grow apples, I grow oranges. You want to trade, you know? I think, I actually think that that's not real. I think that the divide is more online than in person. Like, I think that, like, on the ground, 
we're actually more united than ever and cooler than ever when you speak to people. Yeah. You only see the division manifest when you're online. Yeah, because you can hide behind your keyboard yeah, and you just, don't have to... Or, or you just get bombarded with so much information and there's so many like fake accounts and, and like even AI can be like totally infiltrating Twitter right now. You don't even know it's real and fake. And, and this also can tie into what you see in Palestine or in Gaza. Like, you know, you don't even know if, if what you're seeing like out of Gaza in terms of what the Israelis are doing. Uh-huh. You don't even know how... Look, I'm, I'm, there's probably a lot of that is real, right? But you don't even know how much of that is even real. Mm. Yeah, I... Uh... Well, I don't want to go back to Israel. We I don't. Care. I don't want to. It'll talk forever. But I'm just saying it's just, that's just an example of, of seeing the emotionality and, and how people get polarized over everything, you know? The, the emotionality is is what reads to me as a false flag about that issue. And, well, and people, are, getting all, people are, are, are having arguments and going. people are, are going full retard over a conservative babes calendar now on Twitter, which is even... Well, yeah. Like, why, why does this matter? Cool, you're on a calendar. Have fun. Yeah, well, we, we want to... Pro, the right wants to procreate with the right, you know? Good, yeah, get a calendar, good. Be in shape. What's the problem? <laughs> like, I should go and try to put myself on a calendar as my drag queen and be like, can I be on the calendar too? <laughs> what is going on with uh, Tucker Carlson? He just interviewed Kevin Spacey. Have you seen that? I saw the interview. That is the, it, it's so cringe. So Kevin Spacey was on a show called House of Cards and he played this southern... Uh, political character called Frank Underwood and Tucker interviews the gay mafia leader Kevin Spacey um, Epstein's Island blah 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 um, all of his uh, accusers that accused him of pedophilia young boys um, are dead most of them but I've always believed that nothing should be off the table in life or in art Tucker you know got to the bottom of politics with uh, Frank Underwood. What's your I mean, reaction? You don't even know if that's AI or not either. You don't think that Kevin Spacey sat next to Tucker Carlson? You think that's all fake? What I mean, it's possible. Like, I, I have to, I want to watch and see if he's like repeated the same lines. For, like, if those lines were repeated on that show. Oh, you, <laughs> I think it's, it was real. You know why I think it's real? Because his jowls jiggled in a way that AI is, is hard for them to recreate. I mean... AI, I, they kind of kind of smooths over. I don't know features. what what like. You're also seeing like, look, I I like Tucker. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Alex Stein's biological father. That's true. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I like him. I'm not talking shit. Yeah, he's, he's ten years older than him, but he's his biological father. Yeah, I mean, look at him. He's a, he was a pimp from from Jump. Yeah, pimp on a blimp. Yeah, <laughs> Stein is how he is. <laughs> he's um, only ten years older than Alex. Yeah, something like that. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. They're not. He's not like crazy old. That's his biological father. That's true. That's Alex Stein's biological. No, like, no. Nothing is convincing me of that. Like otherwise, dude, they actually do look like they could be father and son. Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. They look really like it's insane. But but okay, sorry. Back to what I was saying. Um, Tucker also was going to Donald Trump too during COVID, where he was like kind of telling Trump to take the virus more seriously at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of this other stuff that kind of came out. You just think he's a guy that makes mistakes. Yeah, mistakes well, were made. Makes mistakes, yeah, and that's okay to make mistakes. I was I was completely against Tucker Carlson because when he had Dr. Stephen Jones on to explain Building Seven, he fucking talked over him the whole time. Wouldn't let him get a fucking sentence out, and I was like, this guy's a shell. 
Tucker went on primetime with Alex Stein and apologized and now completely agrees with 9-11 Truth. Yeah, which is cool. So I like that. And he also talked to Alex Jones and was like, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, I like that. He takes seven steps back talking to the leader of Pedo Hollywood. I mean, in my book... Something is odd about that. In my book, you I'm have the that leader was... of Pedo Gay Mafia playing a character... Talking to Tucker, I'm not down with it. I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, I also think this is kind of like click, clickbaity news where, you know, once he, then he'll just put on another guest that everybody likes and then everybody just forgets about it. It's just, just what's going to happen. Dude, this, was, this is like... Uh, People are going to forget about saying? it. He's going to put in another awesome guest, right? He'll put on like... He'll put... He'll, he'll bring in another guest that everybody likes and everybody's going to forget about uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. The, the, the cringiest moment of the thing was when Frank Underwood, Kevin Spacey goes... Look, I think first our country needs to stop apologizing and stiffen up. The truth is, I love nothing better on this day than to do a line of blow, drink a whiskey and coke, hit a reindeer with my car, and wish you all the naughtiest Christmas ever. <sighs> it's a little bit like jumping in the jacuzzi with a boner. You know it ain't gonna last forever. It's like, are you talking about John Podesta's house? Like, what are we, what, where are we doing, going with this here? It was very... What are yeah. we doing? I, it honestly could be AI. But, like, there's no, a possibility. You don't think so? No. <laughs> no. All right. He's also backed. Like, isn't Donald Trump Jr. like a big backer of his? Of who? Of the Tucker Carlson Network. I don't know. That's what I, I heard that from numerous sources. That he so so a, Tucker's making his own network to circumvent his uh, thing and Trump Jr. is backing it. So what would what connection did Trump Jr. have to Kevin Spacey? I don't know. I'm what just, I'm just throwing about? out things about, like, I'm just throwing out anomalies about what I've heard about Tucker. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like. I'm, I just noticed that there's certain like things about him that I've not really like been a fan of. Aside from that, like the fact, like you're an independent, objective news commentator. Okay. Uh-huh. Because you're an objective, independent news commentator, and we trust you to get facts more than mainstream news. One thing that you should not be doing as a news commentator is palling around with any presidential candidate while an election's going on. Mm. doesn't matter who it is like you know it's stuff like that it's like oh that kind of undermines like the objective credibility of like where does this guy actually stand like how fair is he going to give everybody you know yeah I was wondering if he was trying to be like a VP or like a secretary of state like when he's palling around with uh, Trump like is he trying to get a cabinet position why would he he has the news he has the news already like he doesn't need to his his position right now with broadcasting Mm -hmm. is not going to why would you give that up, like, to, to, be, to have a position in, in administration? Like, what, what I would think is maybe you're palling around with this guy to get the inside information faster. Uh-huh. Like, if this guy gets it, like, you're, you're, t- you're placing a gamble where you're like, okay, well, let's say Trump wins. Well, if Trump, in a Trump presidency, if I'm, if, you know, if that's my boy, he'll tell me a bunch of shit first. So I get first dibs right. when I report the news so that my network can just go through the roof. So right. that could just be a business investment that you're doing. But mm-hmm. then... You're also compromising the integrity of this election because you're supposed to be somebody that people trust. Right. And so you're it's not like you're, partial, comp- you're, not yes, you're compromising more. yourself mm-hmm. um, so that you can get first dibs and advance and make more money as an, as a journalist. Like like why did you even leave Fox if that if you're going to do that? Like that, that's some that, that's like a page out of the corporate news playbook almost. Right. Right. You're saying he's he's placing a bet that Trump's going to win. And he's going to have an inside track through his administration. I think that's a that's a very likely scenario. 
I'm not saying that's guaranteed. I'm saying that's one that that's a that's something to look at. Yeah. Uh, I think. I even think Alex Jones kind of is like, kind of tried to do that too. Mm-hmm. You know, because it doesn't make sense for them to hit for him to hitch his wagon to Trump anymore after like everything that's happened. Right. Even with Owen Shoyer, he threw Owen under the Trump threw Owen under the bus. Trump didn't do anything to help Owen with his legal battle. Yeah. Yeah, and how long was he? Uh, Trump in... said about forty-five days. Yeah. Dude, Donald Trump didn't even hold the scene. How many rallies he held for the J six prisoners? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Because you think that it was a sore spot and that the left was using it as a baton to beat him over the head with it. Doesn't matter. Be a strong leader. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Be a lead. Like be a leader. You could have pardoned those people before you left office. You could have done a lot. You didn't do anything. You got people to just come to the Capitol and protest. Um, then you left them high and dry when things just got a little bit yeah. out, out of hand, and you yeah. didn't like. You could have handled this situation so much better, and you also like let a lot of this election stuff kind of like go by. Like you had an entire four years of your presidency to like establish secure elections, and you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be an onus. Like there's got to be self accountability. Like if you're conservative, self accountability is a cornerstone of your values. And then anytime Trump does something wrong, hey, he was tricked. He was manipulated. The deep, you know. And I'm like, oh. Well, why do I want to have a leader who's always going to be tricked and manipulated by the mm. deep state? Like, you know, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just something like that. Just, it's, it's like, it, it's kind of annoying. Like, it, it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. You know what? Uh, where I saw Donald Trump recently, Home Alone Two. Oh yeah, because it takes place. He's lost in New York in the Plaza Hotel. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to end with this a little fun, but um. Okay, one of the ways that the deep state used to leak out information was mainstream movies. I used to they say, still do that with with the leave the world behind cyber attack, and then this lady course. from from CBS who work who, who could be working with the White House. Which the news reporter saying that like a black swan event could occur, and she's winking. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty obvious that it could be a cyber like 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 the allusions to cyber failures is something that could potentially happen. But that's also another reason why you got a culture jam too, because if you culture jam and get ahead of the narrative, they don't. Do it. They, they, they can't do it. It takes their magic spell away. It takes the magic spell away, so they can't do it. And then, then they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll just let Trump win because he's already shown his – he's actually shown – he's shown total incompetence, and his incompetence helps us with our narrative four years later. So, like, you know, it's it's all it's all just different – like, they're all just trying different things out and throwing darts at the board to figure out what will sigh up the public. And after COVID, it's going to be very hard to do it on that type of level again for probably another generation, I would think. Yeah, they got to get the next – Two generations from now, dumb again, and, uh, you know, anyway. But um, I used to think that, like, because I got my whole degree in screenwriting, and I used to think that, like, oh, if you're a really good screenwriter, you can make a Hollywood movie. But then um, when I'm watching Home Alone, um, like, one of the thing, the first thing Macaulay Culkin does, Kevin McCormick does, is go on the Twin Towers. And then I realized that Macaulay Culkin is Osama Bin Laden. And... That's, I know. I know it's crazy. But uh, let's do a thing here. You say Macaulay Culkin, I'll say Osama Bin Laden at the same time. Okay. Okay, ready? Right, on the count of three? Yeah, so you're Macaulay Culkin. I'm Osama, okay, one, two, three. Osama Macaulay Bin, Culkin. Bin, Bin, oh, oh my God. Huh? They're the same person. Wait, what? Do it again. That doesn't make any sense. This <laughs> one, two, three. Osama Macaulay Bin Laden. How does that? Do you have goosebumps now? No, this is this doesn't make this any is sense. The conspir- dude. All right, let's let's he reverse it. it. Let's reverse it. Reverse. Okay, it. I'll do Macaulay Culkin. Fine. Do a soccer done. 
One, two, three. Osama bin Laden. Right? They're the same person. Because you said bin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do it one more time. It did work. You go Macaulay Culkin. Fine. Okay, one, two, three. Osama bin Laden. Wow. Do you feel that? No. (laughs) He did it. it. No, because it was projected programming. (laughs) Got to stay woke. Anyway. Um, there's a, some creepy scenes with, speaking of pedo wood, he's like in and out of the shower all the time, Macaulay Culkin. And then like, there's a scene in the second one where he walks in as uncle Frank in the shower. And then like the hotel bellman comes in, he recreates the uncle Frank in the shower routine again. And it's just like, something happened to that kid, man. But yeah, sleep with Michael Jackson all the time. You know? Something happened with that kid. And then yeah. he became a drug addict. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um. Anyway, Kevin Spacey, gay mafia. That's how you get to the top, man. That's how you get to the top. I well, used to think it was a meritocracy, and then like I'm looking at like little things, and I'm like, that was creepy. Whatever, dude. Bitcoin fixes this. So don't, <laughs> don't worry. Just... You think Bitcoin can make create a new Hollywood based on Bitcoin? Well, I just think that like separating the money from state, and uh, you know, the reason you have all this, you, you, the reason you have all these layers is because you have a group of bankers who can print up money at will, and then um blackmail people into doing their bidding and whatnot so when they no longer have control over how the money is operated then a lot of that magic goes away magic magic okay you magic. do bin laden i'll do macaulay Culkin. okay one two three oh, macaulay sorry, Culkin. <laughs> okay this has been episode 395 wow. of highway diary with alex stranger we have created a new portal into a whole new generation of conspiracies we've got problems of the world answers of the world um where can people find you on the social network oh yes yes so um we got instagram showtime alex stranger uh twitter the alex stranger um rumble uh rumble is at alex stranger youtube at alex Stranger, like youtube.com slash alex stranger s-t-r-e-n-g-e-r uh, my podcast is on Spotify, Convos, and the Pedicab. You can also um, find me on Locals, um, alexstranger.locals.com, um, and on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash alexstranger. Um, no, I also have a Nostra account. Use Alex Stranger for that. And um, what else? Oh, well, yeah, pay, uh, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash pedicab. So let's go. Thanks to my guest, Alex Stranger, for the second time, buddy. Amazing. Yay. Yay. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs>